Great. Well, hello everybody. It's very good to be back after a few weeks away. And just, to, just in case you're wondering, Mark and I, we don't actually liaise on dress code. It just so happens we're both in Advent colours today. Isn't that lovely? So, yes, it's very good to be here. And this is an amazing passage, uh, the start of a series. I'm going to talk about launching this series over the next five weeks. I'm going to look at today's word and then finally suggest an application, really, for every single one of us here this year. So this is the start of a series of five talks on the most amazing passage in John's Gospel, John 1, 1 to 14. And we're going to, over the next uh, few weeks, look at the Word, the life, the light, us as children of God, and then grace and truth. It is an amazing focus for us this Advent, these first 14 verses, and I believe that we will learn, or learn again, about the basic fundamental building blocks for our lives for hope in every circumstance and for truth. I believe and say frequently in my work now at the university that there is one worldwide saving network in Jesus Christ's name. Only one. Forgive me if I may have said it here before, but I say it quite a lot. And the point is we have different traditions, maybe, different styles of worship. But there's one church. I was in Lambeth on Monday. Very moving to be in Lambeth for <clears throat> a meeting in Lambeth Palace. We're looking across at the Houses of Parliament. <clears throat> Just imagining what was going on in there on that day. There's so much at stake, isn't there? At lunchtime I went into the chapel at Lambeth to a communion service. There were about eight of us there. And looked up at the balcony behind which Cranmer wrote the Book of Common Prayer. It was an amazing moment, and the collect last week was Christ the King, and the preacher simply said these words, we remember Christ the one truth in a world of uncertainties. And if you look at the world in which we live now, there are plenty of those, aren't there? The one truth. In the beginning was the Word, the word becomes flesh. And the incarnation is the one thing that is unique to Christianity. That is why we believe what we believe. And that's what we tell others. So today, we're looking at the word. I'd like just to... Um, I've written in my notes here, the mystery of the Trinity. What I mean by that is that it's an interesting concept, those of us who, pre who preached on the Trinity, to try and get this understanding across. But we have this understanding, don't we, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three substances of the one God in whom we believe, the three persons, if you like. John's Gospel stands alone. It's different to the other three. If you talk to lawyers... They say that in terms of evidence, it's far more powerful to have slightly different versions of the same person, Jesus Christ, than identically similar versions. Do you see what I mean? And so the value of John's Gospel, written a bit later probably, is it is a slightly different account, 
John contains fewer miracles than the other Gospels. But his purpose is clear and there's no need to try and analyze and work out what he was saying because he tells it here at the end. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Word has a significant meaning to the people to whom Jesus was, uh, John was writing. In Greek, it means the spoken word, logos, but also means the unspoken word, the word in the mind, the reason. If you apply that to uh, the world in which the Greeks lived, for the universe, it was the word described for them the rational principle that governs all things. For Jewish people, the word referred to God. So you see John in his gospel, by starting the way he does, is appealing to both Jewish and Greek readers. He uses a word that is meaningful to both about fundamental things. And the word was with God. John makes this distinction that the word was distinct from God the Father. The sense of another being of the Trinity. And the word was God. John is also being quite clear that Jesus was, Jesus is, God in the fullest sense of that word. In the beginning echoes the start of Genesis in the Old Testament, echoes the start of creation. And John is setting the scene here for his gospel. His gospel is much more than the story, yes, a good story, of one man. John is placing Jesus as the central character in God's dealing with all earth, with all humankind. The word was here before the world was. Through him, the word, all things were created. And this, if we pause for a moment, is a fantastic thought. Before the world, the means of our salvation was. Pause and think about that. Before the world began, the word was, because through him all things were created. Did God know that humankind, given free will, would do its own thing? Surely, yes. We don't say that the, the events in creation was a mistake, that had to be corrected. Surely, no. And I find it extraordinary that the word, Jesus, was there before the world began. It's quite helpful to think of a timeline between creation and the end times. And we can start with creation. Yes, there is a creator, we believe. 
That is certainly the certainty of the writers of the Old Testament. One of the applications of reason when I'm talking to students is to say, look around, look around, look at the world, look at the fantastic world in which we are, look at the sunset, look at the night sky. Surely there must be a creator. And I believe if people look long enough, they say yes, and that's the start of their faith. So we have creation millions of years ago. And then we have the end times, whenever that will be. And there are two eras then separated by this one man, Jesus Christ, the Word. And in the Old Testament era, we have the history of one people, the chosen race. We have the history of that one people showing that humankind on its own can't do it, can't make it. Humankind will always fall short, won't we? And also the Old Testament has prophecies pointing to Jesus Christ, many of them. And we then have Jesus, this one moment in history, one mo- one man, one moment, three years. And then from then on, the New Testament era, we have Jesus opening the way. We have Jesus saying, now go out to all nations. Now I am with you. Now I will send you the Holy Spirit. And we see him at work, of course, when we look. God wants us to return. God wants us, humankind, to harness our wills to him. God wants us to adore him, obey him, praise him, pray to him. And we can in Jesus Christ's name. And the point is, that is the Creator's desire from before the world began, ever since the beginning. And with this, of course, then comes hope, healing, eternal life. So, a final thought to suggest an application to us. Peter's message at Pentecost, you remember the story, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Again, when I'm talking to cynics in the university, that's where I start, because historically it must have happened. Wasn't it? Twelve people told told the gospel with such power that we're here 2,000 years later. And Peter's message at the end of Pentecost, after he'd said, and therefore the person you crucified is both Lord and Christ, the people were cut to the heart. And Peter doesn't say to them, so therefore we're coming after you. The police will be coming to get you. He doesn't say that at all, does he? Because they say, what shall we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And as we know that day, 3,000 people Believed. So what do we understand this to mean in the response to the start of John's Gospel? The Word, Jesus, distinct from the Father, is God. He has been there all along. He has been intimately involved in the world before day one. Tom Wright, in a very good, very worthwhile commentator, 
writes this, Here the word is Jesus, the personal presence of the God who remains other than the world. Jesus is the one through whom creation came into being. He is the one now through whom it will be healed and restored. Tom Wright, in another commentary and analysis of Revelation, another of John's writings probably, but also a book about the ultimate victory over the source of all evil, an amazing book about the end times. And he writes this about repentance. He says, Repentance is more than just expressing regret for a few peccadilloes. It is a radical, heartfelt, gut-wrenching turning away from the idols which promise delight but provide death. God longs for that kind of repentance. He will do anything, it seems, to coax it out of his rebellious but still image-bearing creatures. The Word became flesh. So this Advent, perhaps an invitation to pause, to think deeply, think in wonder, and then come to God, return to God, repent, grow and receive the hope that he gives to the glory of God in Jesus' name.